God has spoken. The heavens declare the glory of God. The sky above proclaims his handiwork. Make no mistake about it. God has clearly said that he has spoken. He has revealed himself. He has communicated and is communicating to the human race. Good day and welcome to Live in the Light. I'm your host, Craig Turnbull, and joining me, as always, is our teacher, Pastor Robbie Simons. And we're really thankful that you're here today. We're thankful because we're starting a brand new series. More on that in a moment. But if you're joining us maybe for the first time, Live in the Light is a unique radio ministry we feel that's designed to expound the truths of God's Word. And we believe that when that happens, that radical transformation can come through the revelation of God's truth. Frankly put, we believe that God is speaking through His Word. In fact, Robbie, that's the title of our new series, isn't it? God Speaks. God is speaking. So exciting. We entered in Psalm 19 today, and Craig, you and I are just talking how much we appreciate this psalm, the themes that are in it, the reality that God's voice has been heard, is being heard, and will be heard. And we're going to see that God has written a couple of books, the books of creation, of course, the book of his living and active word, the Bible that we hold. And we need to be aware of both. It's how God reveals himself to us. And we start off today with, in Psalm 19, the reality, again, of God speaking through creation. And so so I, I'm praying this is going to be encouraging. I think we're going to learn some stuff and be reminded of certain things that we have either heard before or we need to hear again. And I pray it's going to bring a special sense of, wow, God is so powerful. God is so awesome. I need to listen for his voice each and every day through a bird singing or through the written word of God. He wants to use it to change my life and this world. All right, loved ones, God is speaking and he's speaking today from his word through creation. Let's go in our Bibles to Psalm 19 as we start this brand new series. And here again is Robbie. We're going to go through a series that we're calling God Speaks. God Speaks because Psalm 19 is a unique and profound psalm. And here's why it's a profound psalm. Because really, and listen to this, this is so neat. Psalm 19 is the voice of God on the voice of God. So Psalm 19 is, of course, the word of God speaking, and it's God speaking to us on how God speaks to us. So that's exciting. I mean, God is revealing in his word revelation about himself and how he communicates to us. So this psalm becomes very important. In fact, C.S. Lewis thought this psalm was the best in the Bible. He said this about Psalm 19, I believe this to be the greatest poem in the Psalms. And he says, one of the greatest lyrics in the world. Wow, wow. Now, that's a fairly categorical statement by C.S. Lewis. And we ask the question, why would he say that? I, I think or I believe it's because Psalm 19, again, is the revelation of how God chooses to reveal himself. As you read Psalm 19, it's undeniable that God has spoken. It's undeniable that God has spoken, 
And as you understand it, it's undeniable that he is speaking currently, and it's also undeniable, as he says, that he will continue to speak specifically through his creation. So it's David who wrote this psalm to the choir master, or some translations say chief musician. Some believe that is God himself, that he is writing this. Of course, he's writing in some part to God. If it's other people, we're not completely sure. But he says to the choir master or the chief musician, and then he has three main sections that we're going to go through in Psalm 19. God speaks to us this way. Number one, God speaks to us through creation. That's verses one to six. That's week one. That's right now. Then we learn that God speaks to us through his word. That's verses seven through 11. And we're going to be looking at that, Lord willing, next weekend. Excited about that too. And then finally, in the third section, verses 12 to 14, we're going to learn that God speaks to us through us, or God wants to speak through his people. God wants to communicate his gospel. May the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O God, is where we're going to end. So the reason this psalm is so important is because in Psalm 19, we both hear the voice of God and learn about the voice of God. Now, some of you might say, well, why is that important? Why is it important that I hear the voice of God and learn about the voice of God? Because, because this, ready? Ready? This is important right here, right here. You cannot live the Christian life apart from the voice of God. You cannot live in the will of God without knowing what he's saying, hearing, seeing what he's saying as we're going to learn, and of course, knowing his voice through his word. So that's why this psalm then becomes oh so important. That's why C.S. Lewis loved it so much. I pray that's why we will love it as well. So here we go. God speaks the voice of God through Psalm 19, and I'm praying that you're expected. Now, one of the things we do, right, we're, we're talking about these truths, but let's just stop for a second, say time out. And let's get it in our own heart. God says he has spoken, he is speaking, and he will continue to speak. The God of the universe right now, upon your life and heart, ready? He wants to speak to you. God is going to speak right now. That's just a promise from his word. Not having anything to do with it. God says he's going to do it. So that's awesome. God is speaking, listen, to you and to me. And so right away, that fills me with faith. In fact, it just renewed my mind as I said it, that I believe that. Without a shadow of a doubt, God is speaking right now. So Father, we pray as we begin this series, we know that you are going to speak. Today, you are speaking already, Lord, through creation, and you will speak now through your word about your creation, and you are speaking, Lord, to your children. You are speaking, Lord, to the created human race. God, in a world that is so filled with noise, in a world so filled with lies, in a world that is so dark at times and so evil, we need to hear your voice, God. In the chaos, in the rush, in the idolatry, in our busyness with our sin, we need to hear from you. It was David, Lord, he prayed in this very psalm. He said, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. God, would you revive souls today? Would you revive us, Lord, today by your voice as you call us to yourself, the only one ever who can truly satisfy. So today is your day and you are speaking. And may we be men and women who receive your voice, who receive your knowledge that you reveal to us now. I pray this in the name of Jesus. And if you agree, you can say 
Amen, amen. And those amens are important based on God's truth. All right, Psalm 19, verses 1 to 6. Then let me read it for you, and we will uh, jump in. Psalm 19, verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of God. Amen. And the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. That's an exciting verse. We get to go through in a couple minutes. There is no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Their measuring line, you see a footnote in my Bible, it says, or their voice. Their voice goes out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In them, he has sent, this is beautiful, a tent for the sun. And the sun comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber. And the sun's like a strong man who runs its course with joy. And the sun, it rises from the end of the heavens, its circuit to the end of them. And when it comes to the sun, there is nothing hidden from its heat. Title of our message today is God Speaks Through Creation, verses 1 to 6, God Speaking Through Creation. So let's start here in this first passage, in this first message. Here's point number one is this. Let's just get this right on the table right away. Let's be clear, okay? God has spoken. Loved one, let's be so clear. God has spoken. The heavens declare the glory of God. The sky above proclaims his handiwork. Make no mistake about it. God has clearly said that he has spoken. He has revealed himself. He has communicated and is communicating to the human race. It doesn't matter what the world says. It doesn't matter what certain scientists say. It doesn't matter what institutions of higher learning have said. What matters is what God has said. And God has said, I have spoken. Now, the irony in all this is what God says is he has spoken in such a way that is undeniably evident to all, to all humans over all time. What he's saying in these very verses that we just read, he's saying there is no excuse for anyone to come before God and say, you have not spoken. You have not made yourself clear. Psalm 19, verses 1 to 6, God is saying, no one has an excuse because of how abundant my revelation has been through my created world. Again, Psalm 19, verse 1, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Now that's the verse that often comes to our minds or our lips as we gaze upon a beautiful sunset as we wake up early enough to see the sunrise at times, as we're sitting down maybe on a dock somewhere and looking at a star-dusted sky, on our mind, on our lips, say the heavens declare the glory of God. The sky above proclaims his handiwork. It's a witness that there is a God. It's a testimony that this one God deserves all glory. And David here, he says the heavens, he says the sky, he's calling upon the creation of this one true God. And what happens when the creation of the one true God is properly pondered upon the heart of faith? What happens? What happens? Awe happens. Wonder happens. Um, Humility happens as you see the vastness of God. And listen, worship, when you ponder by faith the awesome creation of God, worship ignites in our hearts. Now, if you're like me, though, often this world can numb you or steal your awe or get you so focused on, let's just be honest, nothing or even garbage or sewage through our lives that we lose our awe 
and forget the realities of the things that we are faced with every single day that are shouting out the glory of God. Let me help you with that a little bit then. I just, I love stats like this and little examples like this. I hope you do too, because this is what's supposed to do, create awe in us. Uh, Warren Wiersbe talked about a, a world famous biologist. His name was Edward Wilson. And he claims, just think about this. He claims in our, in our world, on this planet Earth, that there are as many as 1.6 million species of fungi in the world. 1.6 million species of fungi. Uh, he claims there are over 10,000 species of ants. 10, like not 10, 10,000. Uh, 300,000 species of flowering plants. 300,000. Between four and 5,000 species of mammals and approximately 10,000 species of birds on planet Earth. Okay, so just, again, this is where we have to discipline ourselves. Stop for a second and think of the infinite creative genius of coming up with 1.6 million different kinds of fungi. And all have their purpose in this majestically complex yet ordered world. 1.6 million types of fungi. That's insanely awesome for someone to come up with of something that we don't place any value on because he's God and we are not. Just stop and imagine trying to come up with 10,000 species of birds that are all different. Some people say, well, if you give me enough time, I could come up with 10,000 species of birds. Oh yeah, really? You could, eh? 10,000 different glorious species of birds. Could you come up with uh, this one? Here's some, could you come up with that? You're like, yeah, I think I could come up with that. Oh, really? Eh? Come up with that? Like five of them sitting all together like that in beautiful colors. All right. How about this one? Here, here, here's another picture of a bird. Come up with him, her. Just look at that. Just look at that. Could the human mind sit down and create such beauty and majesty and glory all going to, I mean, just to stop long enough and look at that. It's awesome. It's God. How about this one? Come up with, with that? I mean, it's, let alone the color. How about the symmetry? How about the, the physics of flying? How about the ability to soar? All that's within that creature right there. Here's another one. Come up with this one. No, because... You're not, you wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that either, you know, for reasons that we don't really, but, but it's God. How about, how about, how about this one? You wouldn't come up with that. Either would I. There's another one. That's a bird, eh? That's a bird in a rainforest. I remember seeing that bird. I think, I'm pretty sure it's like a, a male trying to attract a female. To each his own, you know, to each his own. Look at, look at that. That's a bird. That's a bird. Loved ones, that's, that's six of 10,000. Now, someone could say, well, I could draw a few birds. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, here's the real test. Could you draw the bird, then give life to that bird, allow that bird to fly, to reproduce itself, and then give glory to God? Could you do that? Could you make something? Come? No, you couldn't. Neither could I. Because that's how great God is. You see, the heavens declare the glory of God. And I am taking you through one tiny example of millions and millions and millions of examples upon this earth, let alone this universe. Well, let's go through a couple more examples just because I love it so much. Let's take the human body. 
of the human body. Let's take the eye. Did you know that the eye has 40 million nerve endings? 40 million nerve endings. Imagine like, I got one. I got one in there. All right. You only got 39,999,999 to go. Good luck with that. 40 million nerve endings. The focusing muscles of the eye move an estimated 100,000 times a day. And the retina contains 137 million light sensitive cells. And every single one is intricately connected to the brain. The retina, you probably can't see that too far away there, but the retina on the back of the eyeball there is a transparent paper-thin layer of nerve tissue at the back of the eyeball on which the eye's lens projects an image of the world. It is connected by the optic nerve, a million fiber cable to regions deep in the brain. A human retina is less than a centimeter square and half a millimeter thick. Yet it has about 100 million neurons of five distinct kinds. Overall, the retina seems to process about 10 1 million point images per second. Who comes up with this? Well, you know, some dust particles got together and this bang happened. And out of this big bang, then the human eye developed out of nowhere. And really, 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 when you look closely enough, one example out of millions and millions and millions across our earth. And it just happened by chance. Or has it been designed by a God who is shouting out his glory every single day? See, when it comes to this big bang stuff, I'm with Norm Geisler who says, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. I'm with them, man. I don't have enough faith to believe that by chance all these things have been placed together with such perfection and design and wonder. I have a faith in a God who can do that. I don't have faith in blind chance that this all happened. Here's some more examples. (laughs) Did you know that um, salt, salt is a wonder. Salt. I know a lot of you like salt in this room. Maybe too much, maybe too much. Salt is composed of two dangerous substances. How is it possible that salt, which is necessary to life, is composed of sodium and and chlorine, either of which, if taken individually, could possibly seriously hurt you or even kill you? Water is a wonder. Its chemical formula, of course, is H2O. That means it has two parts hydrogen, one part for each part oxygen. Oxygen is flammable. Hydrogen readily burns. But you unite hydrogen and oxygen into water, and you put out fires with it. Who comes up with this stuff? But we go back to our text. Verse one, David here primarily focusing on heavens or the skies or the stars. So let's do that too. How about our son? David speaks a lot of our, our son in verses four through six, but our son, you know, our son is a, like a vast hydrogen bomb burning slowly. Every second, four million tons of hydrogen are destroyed in explosions. Every second, which starts somewhere near the core where the temperature, ready? The temperature is 13 million degrees centigrade. More energy than man has used since the dawn of civilization. Hear me. More energy that man has used from the dawn of civilization is radiated by our sun, which is a normal star in one second. One second of our sun's energy is more than all the energy ever used since the dawn of civilization. Tongues of hydrogen flame leap from the sun's surface with the force of 1,000 million hydrogen bombs. 
Material at, this is amazing. Material at the core of the sun is so hot that if you took a pinhead of the material of the core of the sun, it would give off enough heat to kill a man. I set you up there a little bit. A pinhead of material at the core of the sun gives off enough heat to kill a man, not standing next to him, enough heat to kill a man who is one million miles away. It's too much. It's, it's too much for this little thing right here because that's how vast and how awesome our God is. Have you ever got the sense of how big our universe is? Some of you have seen this before. I say, see it again. Here are some slides just to give you some perspective and the size of our universe. Here's earth looking pretty tough, you know, kind of big fish in a small pond there. Some of the planets, earth is looking pretty good right now. Can you see yourself there? I see waving maybe there. Poor little Pluto, right? Poor little size of the universe. Oh, wait a second. Okay. Earth now compared to Jupiter and Saturn, earth not looking so tough anymore. Earth looks pretty small, Well, that's just of course within our solar system. Now here's the Earth, which you can barely see there. Look at Jupiter compared to our sun. Now, who's big boy on campus right there? The sun's looking pretty tough at this point, whatever. But let's keep going into our universe to see, relatively speaking now. Now, notice this. You have more stars that have been discovered in the past several decades. The sun now, compared to other stars, and we can go through these one by one, but time doesn't allow us to. But there's Arcturus. I mean, just, just think about Earth. Now, Jupiter is actually on the screen, but it's one pixel in size. So it's anyone three rolls back and you can't see it. And stars that they have discovered here. So you have our sun now, which is basically invisible when compared to the size of the stars that have been discovered and the names there. Look, on, on Terra, it's just... just just the, the vastness. Can you see yourself up there anymore on little planet Earth? Do you see how small we are? Do you see how massive our God is? Here's one more example of this. You know the stars themselves? There are enough stars in the universe, scientists estimate, enough stars in the universe to equal the amount of grains of the sand on all the beaches in all the world. So that means if you distributed all the stars of the universe to every person on earth and every person on earth would personally own 13 billion stars. So that means when you go to the beach and if the stars represent the grains of the sand, as I like to say, the last time I was at a beach, I had probably a couple thousand stars between my toes. That's how many stars there are. If you travel at the speed of light, the speed of light is 186,000 miles a second. I almost said an hour. It's, 186,000 miles a second. If you travel at the speed of light, how long would it take you to reach the farthest point we can see with our biggest telescopes? At the speed of light, at 186,000 miles a second, it would take us, we believe, 10 billion years to reach the farthest point that we can see. 10 billion years at 186,000 miles a second. Is your brain hurt yet? Mind us. One more way to say it. If it cost a penny to ride a thousand miles, one penny gave you a thousand miles. How much would a trip to the moon cost? A trip to the moon would cost $2.38. One penny, a thousand miles. If you want to go to our sun, one penny, a thousand miles would cost you $930 to go to the sun. 
One penny for a thousand miles if you wanted to travel to our nearest star. Our nearest star. One penny a thousand miles would cost you, ready for this? $260 million. Here's a very important point of application right now. For the people, when you take the size of the earth compared to the universe as we have seen even today, for people who want to hold God in some kind of court of justice and to determine that his thinking and wisdom is either wrong or unfair, for anyone who's going to claim that God should change the way he acts or somehow they're going to advise God as how they would do life. I encourage all of us to consider the vastness of God related to the universe to let's say us as a pinprick, let alone on earth, let alone in relation to the entire universe. Loved ones, God is so much. I suggest to you that that example of us on earth compared to the whole universe, that's, that's our wisdom versus God's wisdom. And if we're going to stand and we're going to hold God account for something we don't think that he, I mean, just be very, his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. He is that massive and that glorious and that awesome. He is so much greater than we can, we can ever even begin to scratch the surface upon. And the heavens declare the glory of God. You see David here full of faith and wonder and worship. That's why he cried it out. The sky above proclaims his handiwork. It's the heavens, loved ones, that declare there's a God and he deserves all glory. The heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. So let's be, let's be really clear, loved ones. Ready? God has spoken. There is no denying it. God has spoken. But we move on in our text now and we see this. He has spoken number two or point one A or point one I, whatever you want to say it. He continues to speak. So the main point is God has spoken, but now we find out, but he continues to speak. Look at verse two. Verse two says, David says, day to day pours out speech and night to night reveals knowledge. So what the Bible's telling us here, what God is speaking to us about how he speaks is that he didn't just speak once at the initiation of creation, but rather God is speaking into us by saying that God is powerfully and undeniably speaking through his creation. Ready, ready. God is speaking through his creation every single day and every single night. Day to day pours out speech and night to night reveals knowledge. So how glorious is it? And I couldn't be more serious. How glorious is it that God Almighty is pouring out speech? He is preaching sermons every day through his creation and every night through the nighttime sky. He's revealing knowledge. He's communicating to his creation all the time. This is what God is doing. So the question becomes, though, are we hearing his voice? Are we receiving his wisdom? Because again, it's not a matter if he's talking. He says he is all the time, every day, every night, undeniably shouting out his glory. The question is, are we listening? Are we watching? Now, if you know me well, you'll know that I love nature. I love nature videos. I love contemplating. 
on the aspects that that comes out a lot sometimes in my preaching. And I'm learning why from Psalm 19, because I'm learning that, well, at least I could argue biblically now that the reason I'm attracted to these things is because ultimately I'm attracted to the glory of my God. So this past Amon took time to do certain things. And sometimes you plan it, sometimes it just happens. But I took time to watch ants. You're kind of just sitting there, you know, maybe have a popsicle in your mind. You look on the ground and you're like, look at those guys. One ant's carrying like 10, 10 times, maybe 100 times his weight. That's incredible. The way they're so organized, working back and forth in this community of incredible productivity and hard work and efficiency and just like, how does that happen? If you'd like to hear this message again or the rest of the messages from this series, you can find these free resources and more on our website at liveinthelight.ca. That's liveinthelight.ca. If you'd like to get a copy of the entire series, make sure you phone us at 1-844-22-LIGHT. That's 1-844-225-4448. Thanks for joining us today. We hope to see you again next time at Live in the Light.